Today, the Below Average Joe's MMA Show present the Weekend Recap. And we are recapping everything from the PFL Championships on Friday night. Six new champions. Also, we're talking a lot of fight announcements. The UFCs have been dropping bombs on us left and right. And finally, we have a new main event for our December UFC pay-per-view. All this and more, and it all starts right now. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Episode 252 of the show. I'm Noah Baker. I'm one half of your hosting duo. The man to my right, your left, Dominic Salee. Thank you for joining me, Dominic, a little bit earlier than usual for our Sunday recording, Monday release here, but we're both refreshed. We are both eyes wide open. Yeah. We didn't have, we didn't have to stay up till two in the morning watching a UFC (laughs) event last night. Yes. So everything's good. I hope Dominic, lots of food this time of year, Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Let, please let me know how it went for your family. And do you do you feel like the pounds are are on you a little bit heavier right now? <laughs> I've been feeling that for a little bit now, but no, man, uh, it was a great Thanksgiving week, a great day with the family, uh, lots of great food. It was just, uh, you know, as you get older, you just kind of appreciate family time a little bit more. I've come to realize, so I just enjoyed it. It was a good week, uh, not the best week for the state of Ohio. We'll kind of discuss one part of that here in a minute, but also the Buckeyes get defeated by that state up north it wasn't fun as an ohio general person being from the state anyways this weekend but that's okay because now we're back in the studio we're talking worldwide stuff no on this mma show it's going to be a great finish to a big 2022 a great start to a big 2023 how are you doing also in case you guys didn't know my lovely co-host is now 25 happy birthday once again my friend I turned 25 on the 25th. How about Ooh, that? Yes, yes. How about that? It's my, what would you call it? It's my birthday year. Yeah, some would say. What is that a 20? What's a famous number 25? Like last year was my Jeff Gordon year. 23 was my Michael Jordan year. Um, what, what, what's, a, what's a big 25? Maybe that's why not a lot of people talk about turning 25. <laughs> That's a good question. Someone let us yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Dominic, I think uh, you told me off recording you were dying to let everybody know about a great deal from our friends over at PointsBet Sportsbook. Oh, well, I didn't want to keep it a secret. Well, take it away. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> cut, cut, cut. But Dominic, you told me off recording that there is a great deal that you wanted me to tell the viewers about. I didn't want you to keep it a secret. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to our friends over at PointsBet Sportsbook. They are the official betting partner of the Below Average Joe's MMA show. Uh, Ohio people listening, you guys only have about one more month before it all becomes legalized in the state. And right now, you can make good on this offer from PointsBet. Uh, they will match on your initial deposit 100% up to $2,000. So, 
there's two ways to make good on this one. You go into the link in the description of today's episode. You follow that link. You sign up. You put in your deposit, and it gets matched right away. No strings attached. Mm-hmm. Second option, you can download the PointsBet Sportsbook app, take a look around, see how you like everything. You go to sign up there. You have to make sure you use code MMA Joes. One more time. MMA Joes. Mm-hmm. At sign up, you put in that deposit, it will be matched. So please bet responsibly. Yes, of course. And with that, Dominic, we move into the PFL Championships. Here we are. So our main event saw Kayla Harrison and Larissa Pacheco have their rivalry run back a third time. Kayla said coming in, Dom, is it really a rivalry when she hasn't won a round? Well, I think now we can all say there's definitely a rivalry here because the third time's a charm for Larissa Pacheco. She wins this fight via unanimous decision. She hands Kayla Harrison her first loss as a professional MMA fighter. She is now a million-dollar woman. Um, your thoughts? Because this... Uh, this just fits into what this year of MMA has really been. Yes. And that's the year of the underdog. You look at the le- you look at Kamara Rusman and Israel Adesanya and now Kayla Harrison all falling in this year. And if you go even if you went back a full year from now, you can include December of last year when Amanda Nunes lost. So I mean, yes, yeah. It's just been a year of shocking upsets. And this one f- could be one of, if not the most shocking of the bunch. Yeah, it, it was crazy, man. And this one, too, didn't come in like some, you know, shocking finish or anything. It was a decisive, dare I say, victory via decision. Like, yes, it was close. It was competitive. But at the end, I felt like a lot of people, at least from what I was reading and seeing, including how I felt, that it was a pretty clear win for Pacheco here. So she, I think... My biggest takeaway here is that I think it's obvious that Kayla's has improved since 2019, like she's gotten better and evolved her game. But I think that Larissa Pacheco has gotten better. Um, how do I not more better, not at like a quicker rate, but I just think has made more improvements in order to beat Kayla Harrison. So uh, she did everything that she had to do. She had great takedown defense. Because I know the final stats came out and Kayla ended up having six, which, yeah, that's a lot. But really, she wasn't able to do much even when she landed those six. Larissa was very active off of her back, threatened with submissions, landed a lot of pretty damaging strikes from the bottom, which you don't see too often. And on the feet, you could tell that she made Kayla uncomfortable. She hit her with some very solid shots throughout the five-round fight. It was a great performance. It really was. She added a bit of parity into the PFL now to being the new champion. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens for that division in 2023, what will come from Kayla Harrison in 2023, because she has said she's done with the season format. She has two fights left on her deal with the PFL. This really just added a whole new dynamic. No, I believe to the PFL heading into 2023. Yeah, this fight says a lot more about Larissa Pacheco than it does any sort of overrated or anything like that about Kayla Harrison. Larissa Pacheco proved that 
Uh, she's of the elite in the women's MMA category. That she has made the improvements necessary. She's really dug deep, uh, taken the the hard bites. She went the long way to get the rematch. She's been six and zero, I think, coming into this fight since then with six first round finishes. She's a beast, and I think we all kind of knew this would be Kayla's toughest test to date, even though she had beat her twice. So I don't think anybody too shocked that Larissa. Pacheco won a round, mm-hmm. but <laughs> she outright won the fight. She took three rounds, and it was pretty clear at the end who had won the fight. Yeah. But uh, Kayla Harrison didn't fight poorly. She fought a good fight. She was a hard-nosed fight. She was doing what she needed to do. She was going for those takedowns. She got – She honestly, it was very competitive on the feet, I thought. I thought yeah. Kayla Harrison landed some really good strikes, and – Yes, Pacheco, I think, is the more natural striker. So I think uh, there was times where Kayla got a little uncomfortable in the striking. But all in all, I don't think this fight says anything about Kayla Harrison other than she's not a league above everyone in this division. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's that simple. It doesn't mean that she's not maybe the best in women's MMA right now. I saw a lot of those takes, Dom. A lot of people saying, well, this proved... Chris Cyborg and Amanda Nunes are just a league above, you know, Caleb Harrison. I don't think that can be proven until we see it actually unfold. Let's do right. a little Chris Cyborg versus Caleb Harrison to find out. But, Dominic, if that fight is not able to be made for the PFL uh, Super Fight pay-per-view division next year, all of a sudden we got some big interest in a fourth Larissa Pacheco versus Caleb Harrison fight. That fight will be much more interesting now. I'll be curious to see what the pay-per-view numbers are like for this, um, to see if they really even want to dive in on that fight and try to build it up to be like the next main event. But it's right there in front of them if the numbers are there. Yeah, I agree. This could, and that that's, again, that's what makes it interesting too, because I would assume, and I'm assuming here, you know the saying about that word, but that Pacheco is planning to participate in that season again. So with Kayla not doing that, is that going to throw a wrench if they want to do the fourth fight? Or are they just going to do it earlier since the season doesn't start until April? Uh, it's going to be interesting, man. It really is. But I, I liked your point too. Pacheco just had, I think, the more takeaways here. It wasn't a bad performance on Kayla's end or the overrated part. That gets and I and you knew as soon as that fight ended, that's all you were going to see. The Twitter fingers from all the, you know, the fight connoisseurs were going to be coming out mm-hmm. and whatnot. But yeah, man. And Larissa Pacheco, only 28 years old, literally debuted in the UFC when she was 20 and has a loss to Jessica Andrade, which is crazy, by the way, because Andrade <laughs> is anyway. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a good performance from her. Six champions in the PFL, all from six different nations. She capped the night off, no. Our second headline from this card, Brendan Lochnane, promises made, promises delivered. Uh, We knew that the potential was there with him from his days of fighting on Dana White's Contender Series, but he had a tough road. He had some bumps on that road, but he has finally made it to the top, Dominic. He had a fourth-round TKO over Bubba Jenkins, and this was... I mean, this was Brendan Lochnane's finest hour. Uh, he looked incredible here. He um, looks like one of the best, if not the best, male fighter in the PFL. 
And now, Dominic, the fight that everybody is going to be waiting for mm-hmm. for that PFL Super Fight pay-per-view, mm-hmm. give me Shane Burgos versus Brendan Lochnane. That's absolute chaos, and I love it. Oh, it's beautiful chaos, Noah. And I just feel that we really got to see this season, specifically the semifinals and finals, all that hype and excitement around about Brendan from these past few years, it all came to fruition. It all came full circle. We got to see what we've been waiting to see in his past two performances. He has looked nothing short of incredible in both. Million dollars, PFL champion. He's done it all now. And now it's time to really start building on that legacy of his if he wants to see what he can do in the future. And with Shane Burgos coming to town next year, come on, guys. There's no way that that's a boring fight. That, to me, is a pretty sick headliner if they're wanting to do this like pay-per-view super fight thing. I think that would be an awesome main event supplement of that fourth fight potential with Pacheco and Harrison. Yeah, it to be an awesome main event, just don't charge $50 for it, is what I would say. <laughs> that would be nice, yes. Yeah. Uh, but let's move on into some headlines, Dominic. There's really only one to talk about here. Our scheduled main event for UFC 282 in December is off. Uh, Yuri Prohaska is going to have to have a major orthopedic surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, his recovery timetable will be about a year. So because of that, uh, he has uh, relinquished his light heavyweight title. But also Dominic Glover Teixeira out of <laughs> <Yeah>. this main <laughs> event. Yeah. So now your scheduled three-round co-main event has been bumped up to a five-round title fight. It will now be Jan Blahovich versus Magomed Ankalaev for the vacant light heavyweight title. Now, obviously, we think this is, you know, this sucks, right? It sucks yeah. that... You know, Yuri and Glover don't get to run back what has been the fight of the year mm-hmm. up to this point. It sucks for Glover because he's so close to that retirement, and this was really supposed to be his last moment, you know, his mm-hmm. last fight. But let's, you know, let's, I guess, give, instead of just focusing, like, on the doom and gloom of it, let's just try to, you know, think about this rationally here. So mm-hmm. the big question everybody wanted to know, why – is Glover Teixeira not fighting in this? Because, mm-hmm. okay, we got our answer pretty quick. Yuri Prohaska going to be out for about a year, maybe more. Title was relinquished. Okay, makes sense. Yep. It seems like the obvious answer would be to give one of those two guys in the co-main spot this fight with Glover Teixeira. Yeah. However, Glover Teixeira appears to have uh, not just taken it in stride. He, he, he said to switch the opponent to Blahovich or to Ankalaev this close to the fight. He doesn't feel like he could properly train for them. So yeah. then he demanded that the title fight be moved to Brazil and he would take on either one of those guys. The UFC said, no, it needs to stay in December. Mm-hmm. And that's how Glo- Glover unfortunately lost his shot. I just, I know a lot of people are not going to, are going to be like, why don't you move it to Brazil? Glover, you know, deserves that, that moment. I would just say, guys, let's think about this rationally. There would be zero title fights on our end-of-year card, yeah. and this is a card that already wasn't stacked to the gills, and you you lose your co-main, <laughs> or your co-main's not really a five-round main event level fight in terms of a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you lose the title fight 
from that card and all of a sudden the card's really not worth the paper it's written on. So I don't blame the UFC for being pretty adamant about wanting to keep it in December. Yeah. It sucks for Glover, but I understand him not wanting in what is potentially his last fight. He's an older guy, not wanting to just jump into a new opponent without taking the proper steps to prepare for that opponent. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm curious what you think of the new main event. How does it compare to our now canceled main event? And, uh, you know, what does that really mean for this card, Dom? Yeah, so obviously, first and foremost, sucks for Yuri, right? But respect to Yuri at the same time. Does not want to hold up the division. Does not want to have interim belts in place. Gave up the belt. It's vacated. He'll fight when he's ready to fight when he gets done. So that's part one. Part two, obviously, I do respect Glover for not taking it on short notice, for having wanting to be prepared. And I respect that and him wanting to try and get that shot in Brazil. But this is all business here. That's what it came down to at the end of the day. So for this new main event, Blahovich and Ankalaev, I'm not mad that these are the two guys that get the chance. I mean, it's number two versus number three. You know, do what you will with that. Ankalaev seems like he's a future champion or has felt that way for quite some time. He's getting that shot now. Jan Blahovich, a former champion, defeated Israel Adesanya. He is coming off of a win. Yes, um, Rakic got hurt in that fight, blew his knee out, but it's a win nonetheless. He looked okay in that fight from what we got to see. So it's a main event now. Someone's got to win that title. I don't necessarily have... A problem. I just think when there's this much scrambling going on, being able to salvage any sort of title fight when you're, I mean, we're less than three weeks away now, I think is a small bit of a dub. And I see why people would be upset for Glover. I really do. Uh, but again, like I said, it comes down to business. They had to save the pay-per-view and have a title fight on that card. I mean, really, when's the last time you, you don't see UFC pay-per-views without a title fight unless it's Conor McGregor in the past, however many years, you know? Mm. So, I will say, though, being that Yuri is going to be out for over a year, it should line up to where Glover does get to fight the winner of this in a decent timeline here and still get to have that one last hoorah to try and win the belt before he goes into retirement. So, honestly, all things considered, yes, it's not the fight I wanted, Yuri and Glover, because of their fight of the year this year. I'll be okay with it. I'll just put it that way, you know? Yeah, I mean, it just, you kind of, life goes on, right? And these two are our main event title fight level. It's that, it feels like that high level. It feels like a, like a title fight level fight. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I'm not upset at that. Uh, it sucks for the card. Yeah. Because this card is not getting any thicker. <laughs> yeah, Patty Pimblett uh, is the official co-main event now. So. Well, you know, that's good for him. I'm glad yeah. that Patty's being put in the co-main spot. Um, yeah, hopefully it delivers, though. But until then, yeah, just let's move on to our fight announcements portion, Dom. I'll just go through the list here of fight announcements we've gotten over the last week. Yeah. You can kind of tell me what sticks out to you. Okay. So this Saturday, December 3rd, we have Jacker Manson taking on Roman Delidze. On December 17th, Drew Dober versus Bobby Green. Mm. February 25th, five-round headliner Nikita Kralov versus Ryan Spann. Oh, I didn't know that. 
Mm -hmm. January 14th. I obviously forgot to put these in the proper order here, but <laughs> January 14th, Umar Namagamadov taking on Hayoni Barcelos. I said that very weird. <laughs> A week later on January 21st, Gilbert Burns takes on Jorge. No, just kidding. It's Neil Magny. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, that's UFC 283, by the way, in Brazil. And finally, five-round headliner on March 11th, the, the king of fight night headliners, <laughs> Anthony exactly. Smith versus Jamal Hill. Yeah. So a lot of fights I threw at you, Dom. What kind of sticks out to you? That's solid. Solid list. We've needed this for a while. So Hermanson Delize is interesting because Brunson is out of that fight. And being that Delize was able to take it, that's a big chance for Roman Delize, a guy that not a lot of people <clears> know <throat> about to fight a top 10 guy in Jack Hermanson. I do like that one. But my favorite on here, I'm actually going to go, am I really going to do this? I am going to do it. Because I didn't know until this morning when I checked the script. Nikita Krylov, Ryan Spann, I like the fight. I'm intrigued that they made it a main event as well. But I'm kind of here for it. Ryan Spann put himself on the map, I feel like, in his last win. Came out, said, I, I actually train for my fights now. And he looked amazing in that. He has the aura around him. He has the physique to, I think, make noise in this division if he continues to improve. If you get through a veteran like Krylov, who's been there and done that for over a decade in the UFC, I feel like that's that next step. And to do it in your first main event slot is also another big notch. So I'm shocked that I picked that one, but I'm not mad at myself for picking that one, Noah. What about yourself? I, I got to go Anthony Smith, Jamal Hill. Um, that fight just says that's going to be very violent. Anthony Smith, I still think, is one of the more underrated guys in the entire company. Yeah. Even though it will it'll be interesting to see how he recovers coming off a, a pretty bad injury he suffered against Ankalaev. Uh, while Jamal Hill's just been lighting people up, but can he really knock out Anthony Smith? It'll be interesting to see. Because, mm -hmm. you know, Jamal Hill and his main event against Tiago Santos, Tiago Santos gave him a lot. Uh, you know, yeah. even pretty much everything the guy had left. Yeah. Anthony Smith, I feel like, is better at this point than Tiago Santos. It'll be interesting to see if 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 this is a test too far for Jamal Hill. If this is a step too far towards the fire, you know. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are going to assume Jamal Hill's going to win that fight. Wouldn't surprise me if Anthony Smith uh, shocks a lot of people at least and 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 holds a better account of himself. I will also mention how shocked I was that Neil Magny's fighting okay. Gilbert Burns. Yeah, I was going to um, ask. I, I wasn't exactly sure if I – I wasn't exactly confident that Jorge Masvidal and Gilbert Burns was going to happen. Mm -hmm. But since it didn't, I'm very shocked that the next step was to go down the number 13 in the division, Neil Magny. Yeah. I'm not mad at it, though. I'm really not. Um I do expect Gilbert Burns to win this fight and win it pretty convincingly, but Neil Magny turning back that clock in his last fight. Yeah. He looked damn good going up against Daniel Rodriguez and finished that fight. Probably his first finish in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Gilbert Burns, we haven't seen him since that fight of the year contender with Hamzat Chimaev. He's already been a guy that's uh, had questions about his chin in mm -hmm. the past. After taking all that damage in that fight, you know, how does he look coming out here? Does it, is it is this finally where the ball drops or whatever, the bottom drops out and Gilbert Burns just isn't the same guy anymore? Or is he still one of the top 
guys in this division. If he is, he should win this pretty easily, I would say. Yeah, and it's interesting, too, because on one side of the spectrum, respect for Magni to go into enemy territory in Brazil, but obviously he's not going to turn down a fight with, a, like, what is Gilbert, top three, top four in this division? <laughs> yeah. Neil just set the record for welterweight wins, and now if he can finally get that one win that Noah and I have talked about for two years on this show to put him over that line that we've been wanting him to see cross, get a win over Gilbert Burns, Neil Magny finally puts himself in legitimate title contentionship. But for Gilbert, respect for taking this fight. You're fighting back 11 spots against a guy that is not a name like a Colby Covington, a Jorge Masvidal, a Hamzat Chemaev. It should be an interesting fight, man. Like it, the fight styles, especially, are just very different dynamics. So it's a solid mm-hmm. little chunk of fights there. Yeah, true. Let's move on to the rest, and this is all going to be PFL Championships, your heavyweight final. Saw Ante Delia with the first round TKO over Matthias Scheffel. Mm-hmm. Dominic Delia was the runner up in the heavyweights last year. He had a fight of the year type fight, at least for the first half. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that was against, uh, what was his name? Bruno Capeloza, excuse yeah. me. Uh, so he came up short there this year, able to hold up that big old check for a million dollars. Got to feel pretty good for the guy. It has to, and it's a full circle moment because Bruno beat Ante twice last year to win the title. Ante had to beat Matthias Scheffel twice this year to win the title. Uh, but what a year for Delia. I think all four of his wins this season were finishes two in the first round, two in the second, all knockouts, and then he raises the million-dollar check. Hats off. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably one of the more um, under-the-radar, I guess, uh, championship fights. I'll Sadabu Sai defeat Delano Taylor via unanimous decision. Delano Taylor was the late replacement uh, in your playoffs, and he knocked out and retired Rory McDonald, so definitely a badge of honor there. Yes. Um, Sadavu Saito wins this fight, and uh, to be honest, Dominic, I was checking my phone a lot through this one. This was not the most exciting fight, but a guy like Sadavu Saito just won a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is a guy who probably would not be top 15 in the UFC, just wouldn't be. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm being honest how I feel. I don't think he'd be top 15 in the UFC. Don't think he'd be close. Mm-hmm. And he just won a million dollars, which is more than a lot of those guys in the UFC are going to get in maybe their entire career. So, Right, yeah. He did what he had any, to do. Yeah. I mean, any thoughts? Or did you feel any differently about the fight? I just thought it was, I mean, it was a pretty bland fight overall. Yeah, I feel like it's just kind of copy and paste from the season from Sadabusai. Not that it's bad. He does what he has to do. He's a very intelligent mm-hmm. fighter, and he keeps his distance. He doesn't put himself in danger. And now he's a champion. So that's yeah, all I can say. Fair point. Last one, Rob Wilkinson and Omari Akhmadov started our championship fights. They were they were pegged as kind of the least important. But Dominic, this fight this fight was a little interesting because Rob Wilkinson and Omari Akhmadov had a bloody affair. My Rob Wilkinson ends up coming out on top. I believe it was a doctor stoppage after round two. Um, to see a guy like Omari Akhmadov kind of brutalized like that, you don't see that often. Oof. Uh, what a performance from Rob Wilkinson, and what a season he's had. You know, I don't think it was fair that he was kind of the first. I mean, someone's got to be the, the the bottom championship fight here, but I had a lot more interest seeing this fight than that Sadabu side Delano Taylor fight. So hopefully Rob Wilkinson can get a little more 
respect going into the next season as a as a real threat to be kind of one of the top guys over in the PFL. Oh, yeah, dude. He's their first Australian champion. He has all four finishes as well this season. And to do that against someone like Akhmadov, who's been in the UFC for many fights for many years, um, it was just really impressive. And Akhmadov, dare I say, too tough for his own good because that got that got a little interesting at certain points in that fight. But he just mm-hmm. kept churning, kept throwing strikes, man. So that was a that was a phenomenal fight. It really was. Yeah. Finally, this is one that hurts a little bit to talk about, but we saw the debut of Marlon Marais in the PFL, Dom, and he, he was going up against uh, a man who shares his surname, a little shaman Marais. Marlon Marais did what he does. He looked incredible for the first two rounds of this fight, or yeah. looked great maybe is a better way to put it. And then 58 seconds into round three, shaman Marais lands a perfect punch, and Marlon can't recover, tko out i mean this happens with marlon this has happened with marlon over and over again i mean let's not forget that he was winning the marav dwalich wheelie fight nearly finished it in the first round and then you saw what happened in round two this is what happens with marlon marais he looks great when the fight's kind of in his favor but uh you his his body, his chin are not able to hold up anymore. So he has to be essentially perfect for three rounds, for five rounds, whatever it is, to get a win, Dom. Yeah. Meanwhile, he slips up one time and he's done. Yeah. It's hard to be perfect hundred percent of the time. Yeah, and in, in a sport that it already only takes one shot, it's even more so in a Marlon Marais fight, man. It It is a shame that he came out of retirement. They make a big deal. He signs the PFL, goes up a weight class to 145. He looks so good, so good, like Noah said the first two rounds. Looked good on the feet, used a lot of grappling even. And then one strike changes it all. He has lost five straight fights, Noah, by KO. TKO. What what do you do? What do we see for Marlon Marais in 2023? Does he actually continue at the PFL? Does he get put into the featherweight season? Or did this kind of really like I'm curious to know like what's going through Marlon's head right now because it, it is a shame. It really is. But like what happens next year? Uh I'd say they they're gonna move forward with him. Um, I, don't know if I don't know if it's the right move, but it seems like Marlon Rice wants this. He wants to see how far he can take this. Yeah. PFL are not going to say no. Um, he's a bigger name. There's yeah. no reason that they won't do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, we look at it and go, okay, what about his personal health? <laughs> they don't care about that. Yeah. Um, not to throw stones at, at the PFL. I don't think they're any different than any other promotion. I just say that um, – if Marlon Marais needs to be, he needs people that are going to tell him like, look, you are done. Yeah. Yeah. And I, he may just not have those kind of people. A lot of fighters don't. Um, I will mention that this is kind of, it, it was so like, I saw it coming. Like mm-hmm. not though. I don't want to be that LeBron James meme where it's like, <laughs> you know, yeah, I knew Shaman Marais was going to win that fight going, but I did live bet Shaman Marais at the end of round two. And um, because it just that's been Marlon's mo, that's been his 
his story that he it's as of late that he gets these leads on people, but he can't get across the finish line because he can't handle the punishment. Well, as soon as a good shot leans or um the round or he starts to gas a little or whatever, like he just it, it zaps everything out of him. Yeah, it really is a shame. And finally, we kind of kind of accidentally skipped over this one, but Olivier Aubin Mercier, Dominic got the one punch KO of Stevie Ray, round two, four minutes forty seconds in. This is the best fighter in the PFL. OAM is the best fighter pound for pound in the entire company. He's six and zero since leaving the UFC, all in the yep. PFL. He really hasn't had anybody even come that close to beating him. True. Um, he's a he's a treat to watch. I've really enjoyed watching him on this run, and I can't wait to see what the future holds. He's now a million dollar man. Yeah, I feel, remember when he like came into the UFC years ago, and they're like, "Oh, he's been training with GSP. He could be the next kind of protege of him." Yeah, Walter. that's literally what they say about yeah. every Canadian fighter that <laughs> comes in. Rory McDonald, yeah. you know, they're yeah. they're all like they all train with GSP. They're all <laughs> going to be the next GSP. It's because there's 10 Canadian MMA fighters, guys. That's why. But no, it feels good to see it all come to fruition for him, man, to get the title, get his first finish in the PFL, and you do it to win the title. I like it, no? The best pound-for-pound fighter in the PFL right now? I'm kind of here for it. Let's see what happens in 2023. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Uh, With that, Dominic, we're going to move into the point of the show where we can talk about anything and everything, MMA-related or not. That's called closing statements. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, We do not have a below-average bet slip update. I will actually be giving my update personally in the closing statements. But um, due to the holiday week, I was in Ohio. Dom's in Ohio. Um, I did make a trip over to Indiana to play some of my stuff, but um, nothing counted for the bet slip this week. It was kind of just one of those weeks. Uh, yeah. But, Dominic, do you have anything for closing statements today? Closing statement today. I know we're past Thanksgiving, but I'm going to ask because we didn't get to have the preview show on Thursday. What's everybody's go-to side item? at the Thanksgiving dinner table, you know, cause you got the stuffings, you got the mashed potatoes, you got the yams, it did the yada and the yadas, all that fun stuff. Right. I would have to say that mine would be, I kind of put myself on the spot here. Now that I think about it, I have to go mashed potatoes and gravy. If I was forced to pick one Thanksgiving side item and everything else is gone, all you get is Turkey, or ham, whatever your choice of meat is for Thanksgiving. I know there's ham lovers out there. And then mashed potatoes and gravy, that's what I would have to go with. Noah, what is yours, an audience? What is yours? You definitely asked this last year as well. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but, maybe. But that's okay. A year has passed and nobody remembers. So yeah. for me, it's corn casserole, dude. I, I said it last year, I'm pretty sure. Corn casserole is the is a beastly side item that not a lot of people realize is as good as it is. It is perfect. A little bit of sweet, it's 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 fucking phenomenal. I, um, I don't think I've ever had a corn casserole, no. I'm I'm intrigued yeah, here. Because we had a green bean casserole. But corn casserole? Hmm. Corn casserole is much more sweet. It's almost like it, it, it treads that line almost to like a dessert, but it's not. 
it's not a dessert, but um, highly recommend. I know it's not a very common Thanksgiving side item. Um, I'm a ham guy, by the way. Uh, turkey I thought is so. too dry for me. I do love leftover turkey for like a sandwich, like mm -hmm. uh, make a little sandwich at home. But I hate, I never eat turkey on Thanksgiving. Just don't. Yeah. Just don't. But um, if I had to choose another side, like a more common one, I would probably choose mashed potatoes with no gravy. Well, I don't like gravy. Well, uh, yeah. uh, we're really flipping on food debates, I feel like, lately, because last <laughs> week you said bacon's overrated. This week you're coming out and saying you don't like gravy. You're eating mashed potatoes with no gravy? Well, well you want to talk about dry for the turkey? <laughs> mashed potatoes and gravy with... <laughs> 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 You got me. You got me. Gravy's gross to look at, for one. I don't like looking at it. <laughs> okay. Why? It's not, it's not that it's bad. Like, it actually tastes okay. Yeah. But it doesn't taste good enough to where I'm going to do that extra step. All right. It's an extra step to pour that gravy volcano <laughs> on your mashed potatoes. And I don't like it enough to where I'm like, fuck yeah, I have to do this next step. Okay. I'm like Kevin Malone in uh, the office when he's like, why say lot words when few words do trick? <laughs> of course, of course. That's me with my steps at Thanksgiving. And this adding is gravy. The least amount of food I have to grab while still getting all the food. I respect that, Noah. I, I do. Yeah. I do. Maybe I don't agree, but I respect Also, Hawaiian rolls. Well, I mean, king. Me. There's no other role. There's no better role. It's not close. Yeah. What kind of gravy do you... There's, like, different types of gravy, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, like, obviously a gravy that's different for, like, your biscuits in the morning for breakfast. And then there's, like, that... The dinner gravy, almost. Like, the brown gravy. Um, no, I don't you're like... Not, you're not answering my question. I mean, let's just forget it. I mean, forget it. All right. <laughs> I thought there was, like turkey gravy and then like oh you see something. this is this is where you're starting to draw a line because my ass don't cook so yeah but i just know the yeah you're over here talking dinner. about you're over here talking about uh, breakfast gravy different than dinner gravy what's different about it what what's different you, about but, it what it's just a different color what is this like is this is this like gatorade flavors now breakfast gravy you get the sausage you know what i'm saying so if you're putting that on your mashed potatoes Actually, maybe that would be game-changing, revolutionary. Breakfast also, by the way, on mashed potatoes? to kind of continue my slander of gravy, I guess, that was unintentional. Uh, when I have biscuits for breakfast, I do butter, no gravy. Oh, my good God. Just, just, <laughs> just do your little bedding shindig. <laughs> I, yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, it feels a little weird to be on this side of the table where I'm the one giving the hot take for food seek help anyways anyways for my closing statement i have an update uh for the audience um even though this nothing officially good. counted for the below average vet slip i did place a single mma parlay uh this this weekend and i was for the pfl championships it was a three-leg money line parlay mm -hmm. magomed magomed karimov um, Olivier oh, yeah. Aubin Mercier 
and Kayla Harrison. So obviously, Kayla Harrison loses in one of the biggest upsets ever, her mm-hmm. first professional MMA loss. Mm-hmm. And I've just been on the coldest of cold streaks. I mean, it is North Pole level <laughs> cold out here in my MMA betting. It's fitting for the time of year. So I posted a tweet, but I actually think my tweet was incorrect. I posted a tweet saying that I had retired from the sport of, of, of MMA betting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I was retired, I was done. Yeah. But I'm actually, that's actually not true. I'm officially suspended from the below average bet slip. Okay. I've taken this step myself. Uh, Dominic mm-hmm. had did not consult me in this pick, but he is fully supporting of course. Uh, my move to do this. Uh, he understands he will be carrying the below average bet slip for a little while. Feel the pressure. Um, he does feel the pressure, but he understands that this is the right move. Yeah. Uh, because I've been tanking our bet slip all year. <laughs> there are there is a way for me to be brought back in. Reinstated. Average bed slip. Reinstated. Yeah. But it's not going to come easy, Dom. I mean, there's a chance I may not be officially recognized in the below average bet slip for up to a year. Oh, boy. <clears throat> and that's because I am going to go back to my roots, Dom. Okay. My roots, when I started getting interested in MMA betting and just sports betting in general, I was just a little 22-year-old in Ohio mm-hmm. who couldn't actually put in any sports bets. And I did what any kid would do in that situation. I just wrote out what my picks would be. Yep. And yep. I saw how they went. Call them ghost betting, if you will. Yep. I've done plenty. So I have to go back to my roots to find myself, to find the the sports better in me that is better than dog shit. And uh, that means that you will be getting from me each week on this show. My three ghost bets of the week. <laughs> okay. It will always be three. There will be no more, no less. Mm-hmm. They can be props. They can be parlays. They can be singles, but it has to be three. Mm-hmm. It can be UFC, PFL, Bellator. Yep. It can be your, your, your uncles fighting out in the yard. I mean, it, <laughs> right. it could be anything. Yeah. All three can go no higher than minus 200. It must okay. be inside the minus 200 threshold. Okay. It can be plus as as far as you want. Of course. But it cannot be easier than minus 199. Right. Okay. Oh, so you can't even do a minus 200. No. It has For to be respect. inside the minus 200. Okay. Okay. I have to hit all three in back-to-back weeks. To be reinstated. Oh, I'm so invested. I just got goosebumps. I'm invested in this journey. Back-to-back weeks. If I hit all three in next week, and the next week I miss, and the next week I hit, sorry. No. Okay. okay. So it has to be I hit all three in back-to-back weeks, and then I can be reinstated into the below-average bet slip. If I'm lucky, maybe this will come easy. This will come quick. Yeah. But I think it's going to take some time for me to dig into my roots and really find myself. You know, Noah, I think people and I know that I am respecting this decision very much. I think it takes a lot of uh, kahunas 
to do this, mm. to put yourself out there, to hold yourself accountable with the audience, by the way, because they're going to be able to follow along. This is an interesting little journey you're about to embark on. Yeah, and I will be putting the picks out there and letting everybody know, like, hey, I'm not actually betting these because I'm not allowed to. I'm suspended. Right, right. But these are my ghost bets of the week, and you guys can choose the fade. You can, you can, if you want to come in my hole, you can. But ultimately, um, this is a decision that does not come easy, but it does come easy on my wallet. And uh, Fair. hopefully it won't be long, though. Hopefully I'll be back soon. Hopefully I can find that, that inner gambler in me that's just a lot better than I have been. Mm-hmm. And then we, me and Dominic can just fucking kill this shit next year. All right, Noah. My name's Noah Baker. That's Dominic Slee. We are but just two of the below average Joes, and we'll see you guys on Thursday.